Now entering Nerdist.com. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Jonah Radio on your AFM dial. Uh, this is going to be a great episode. We have our good friend John Ross Bowie here, and we got some music news. We got some new tracks from people, and so please uh, here listen to this. Uh, Neuronic friends of the show, Neuronic Distress sent in their their theme song, and it's called "Dio Can't Be Here." Thanks for listening to Jonah Radio. Let's get drunk and talk about music. Let's record it. What do you want to call it? That's right, Dio couldn't be here, and neither could Cash's reaction time. Hey, Cash, are you sure you're going to be okay smoking that uh, joint before the show? Yeah. Well, I- I'm going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> It smells very much like the RA is out of town. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks for listening to Jonah Ray. Dio can't make it because he's working on his novel, Northern Mysteries of Magic. Magic spelled M-A-G-I-C-K. With us today is John Ross Bowie. Hi. From, from, he's, you were in a band called Egghead? Are in right. a band called Egghead. I'm, where it's, I'm, I'm in an emeritus chair in Egghead. There, uh, it exists. <laughs> it's not really active. But yeah, I mean, I think you're always in Egghead. Yes. Yeah. The way it almost sounded like you said. Sticklers. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I, was, I played many tertiary parts of that band. Yeah. Um, but and you're also you're now an actor yes. and uh, a, a master improviser. Sure. You're in the uh, you're sometimes in the show Big Bang Theory. That is correct. And thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for being here. As always, we got our producer Cash Hartzell. Cash, try and say hello. He- hello. Mm, I don't know. And of course, on Neil Mahoney's is Neil Mahoney. Hi. <laughs> um, so. I, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you because you are of the, the type of person that we get along a lot because we both started in punk. Yeah. And then we edged our way into comedy. Yeah. And it's... A smooth uh, track. And as you can tell, because I'm hysterical this evening. You but, are. Uh, yeah. You were, you, you were so much louder when we were just hanging out. I know. Should I hang back? All right. Yes. Okay. Good. I, I got to forget that we're rolling and just be here now, man. Be, just be in here the moment, now. Man. Just be in the moment. Don't even God bother. Just like, it. just fucking listen and live. Now, let me ask you this. Did you find it was a pretty easy transition from punk rock to comedy? I did. Because I was a drummer, so I was always behind. Right. Uh, and And I never really... Was sure about you know like how it was going to be just being in front of everybody by myself and that right. that was the difficult part. I thought it was going to be improv. It turned out it was gonna it was just it wasn't the case. Stand up, yeah, yeah. called, yeah. <laughs> but you so but I feel like if you're going to make a transition from anything to comedy, it should be punk or from any music to comedy, it should be punk rock. Yeah, because I I think that's the the least embarrassing thing. If someone were to like as, as a comic or as a person in comedy, you have to kind of you know be a little ironic. And if someone's like, uh, this guy's making fun of stuff, but did you see the R&B boy band he was in when he was in college? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you lose it, don't you? Well, yeah. Yeah, you've lost all your cred. Ricky Gervais was in what? Uh, He's in like a Spandau Sedona Rising thing. or Sedona something. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that video. It's it's something to behold. Yeah, it's but like, you know, but he is the like, uh, talk about like a dick in comedy. Yeah. You know, it's like he owns it. Yeah, yeah, he talks about, but like, yeah, I'm sure he got laid a bunch being in that band. Probably did, yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, I, I feel like, I feel like the the that punk rock is 
there's nothing funnier than punk rock. No, no, I really no, I, yeah. like it, even at its even and when it's taking itself seriously, it's at its funniest. But then just like the the fuck ups that are attracted to it and 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 throw themselves into it and the things that happen because there's all this anger and such low stakes. Yes, you know, and it just stakes. and it gets uh, it's just a really funny mediums. And I was also in front and doing half the vocals and all the banter on stage, so it might have been an easier transition That's true. for me. Than coming out from behind a drum kit. Well, you see, you see some acts like uh, you know when you see Ted Leo live. Yeah, you're like this guy could have easily had just gone to a different show when he was 15. He yeah, got, yeah, he could have gone and seen a stand up in DC or wherever. You know. Oh yeah, he he grew up in he grew up in Jersey and DC and I think maybe grew up in Jersey then moved to DC. Is that Neil? I don't know. You don't know? Nope. But you kind of you know him. I want to say Jersey. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, Notre Dame, D.C., yeah, Brooklyn. But yeah, if it went now, you're name, there, now you're just starting to name Now I'm just starting to name cities. <laughs> yeah. um, Wilmington, Delaware, <laughs> Tampa. I know him because he Beirut. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, guys, and wait. then double backed to Kowloon. This isn't this isn't a band. Per- this is serial killers. This is a serial killers path. You're yeah, this is, yeah, yeah exactly. This is the tr- bo- you will find bodies at all of the places. <laughs> this is the Trinity name. Killers. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, we're gonna talk. <laughs> We're going to talk more with John Ross Bowie when we get back. But first, listen to this song from P.O.S. He's from the Doom Train Collective, a little hip-hop outfit outside of uh, Minneapolis, Fine. Minnesota, with the song Savion Glover. Now, see if you can point out the Fugazi uh, reference and sample in this song. Listen up. When they can't stop, won't stop. Who keeps the tank top? Who reaps the good sleep? Keeps the receipts. I see him sucking up the last drop. Drop top. H2, stretch H3. Where the party at? Democrats sitting on a muggy summer band, sipping muddy water. Peeping news. We can see what's up with Sergeant Slaughter. Holidays on the way. Turn your AC Slater up. Aloe vera green. Apple almonds. Jump past that. Sweet. Mike McClellan with a mask at hand over what hand over yours? Run that man overboard with the same crap drown. Dehumanize communities like Black Hawk Town. They realize immunities, then rape them town. So we speak a muscle fluently with raw rap sound. All right, tights, the Klondike bars on the line. We need a blind eye turn, keep it simple. Refined for the black gold, Texas tea. Hot, you kidding? Ain't been good oil in Texas for a minute. That's why we knocked over our own throne to watch combust. End up in free speech zones. That shocking always on us. Watch me expat Brazilian of 85% in Guantanamo with civilian. Blood pumps for million. Beats dump all over the chunk. Populist keeping it focused on Paris Hilton. Proud of dead, guilty as any internet threads. Big check, probably got a lot of bad head. All night vision, all night missions. All right, Christ risen tight. Don't call the yeah. Middle picking the simple dribble, the riddles, the head ripper, suburbanites gonna get the kill. Yeah, the double speakers legit, they on stand up for yourself, you worthless piece of shit. Let it all, lose it all, forget it. Insane fuck Bush gave that douche a splash, too much credit. But smoking on Kush make cats so epithetic. Can't beat him with a bat, so we join him and spit the ethic. Or beat him with a bat, POS steadily wreck it for anybody who raps or naps on facts. Fill the end line six to end hits, the Oval Office and the lobby probably listen to Fugazi singing. This one's ours, let's take another. This one's ours, let's take another. This one's ours, let's take another. And then they dance away clean like Savian Glover.
Uh, all right. Cool. That was Savion Glover by P.O.S. I think it stands for piece of shit. Does it? I think it does. Racy. Mm-hmm. Um, you were saying that uh, uh, another Minneapolis rapper, Brother, uh, Brother Ali. Ali, big albino guy, is supposed to be great. Yeah. Um, Craig Finn from the Hold Steady was was gushing about him. Craig and... Finn, I, it's I love doing fake Hold Steady songs. <laughs> that's you can, a great skill. Yeah, that's a great skill because you can kind of just like name drop some kind of you know late seventies lo- early. You do a location. Yeah. You do a location where you've gotten drunk. Yeah. And <laughs> you do a uh, and you do a a a, a quirk of a uh, of a female that you yeah. used to um uh, we yeah. drink at Exposition Park and she said she could squirt, you know, whatever. <laughs> like that, you know, yeah, like that's exactly. instant hold steady. She had never been to Tomorrowland, but I showed her how to kissy kiss. There we go. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's I think that's the gig. Yeah, I uh my favorite thing too is to uh like try and do uh uh Millhouse's dad lines. Because uh, it's so close to the voice of Craig Finn, where it's like, "Can I borrow a feeling? Yeah, can you lend me a jar of love?" <laughs> now, broken hearts, they need some healing. Uh, we, your your listenership just went down to about five. They think our, they think we're geniuses. Yeah, those five. Those five kids. That niche is fucking losing their minds at our genius right now. Oh wow. I sleep in a car bed. (laughs) (laughs) What did you ever do on Sunday? It's going to be a good summer. She drove an 81 Pinto. How do I know? (laughs) (laughs) And then you also got to like try and drop that. Like um, it's uh, it's always like uh, I was walking down the street. I also used to listen to seven seconds. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to let you know that even though they sound and I mind it, I everything under this is under the ages that I love the hold steady. Yes, Boys and I Girls love in America is a perfect album. Yeah. But yeah, he's got to let you know that this might be a bar band, but he's got his punk rock cred. There's yeah. a thing on like two albums ago where he's talking about like the all ages matinee shows. Well, where that's the youth the, of today. Yeah. The youth of today in the early seven seconds yeah. taught us some of life's Most big valuable lessons. Yeah. The there's kids that. of the shows will have kids of their own. The sing-along yeah. songs will be our scriptures, and then there's another thing where he talks specifically. He's the only person I've ever I've ever known who's addressed this in another song. He talks about that weird thing where all the New York hardcore bands found Krishna. Oh yeah, yeah, he yeah. Does yeah. That on it's a record. It's a song on the last record on uh, Heaven Is Everywhere. And you're referring to mainly uh, uh, Ray Capo, Youth of Today guys, Ray Capo, and uh, what was the guitar player? John guys? Purcell. Yeah, Purcell. Into, or Porcelino, if you go all the way back to Queens. Exactly. And, uh, they uh, they they became a band uh, called Shelter. Shelter. But uh, the Cro-Mags went Cro-Mags Krishna. Guy too, Cro-Mags yeah. went Krishna? Cro-Mags yeah, went Krishna. Age of Quarrel? He wrote an amazing book, too. Yeah. And he reads his own book on tape, which is the best thing yeah. in the world. John Joseph, oh, John Bloodclot, yeah. uh, became the Cro-Mags. Didn't change their name. They kicked out Harley because he was crazy. And he they became a Christian band. And they've got, like, one album cover. Because, you know, the Age of Quarrel is the album cover with just the mushroom cloud. Yeah, yeah, It's, like, exactly. the most terrifying album cover in the history yeah. of punk rock. <laughs> Two albums later, there's this, like, benevolent Hindu god with eight arms just saying, Cro-Mags. <laughs> and it's the it's the weirdest thing and I, I actually talked I'm sorry I talked about this on another podcast but I will talk about it till the day is done because <laughs> I was that was when I was growing up in in New York and I would I wasn't really that into New York hardcore but they were the only local bands so I'd go see them at like they do like three local hardcore bands 
uh, in like the late eighties at the CB's matinee. Then they'd clear out and like the adolescents would come in nice. and I'd just stay for the whole thing. Yeah. Was, Fuck it. And, uh, uh, but the hardcore bands, yeah, they were, they took straight edge to its natural progression, which was veganism and then Krishna. Yes. And it was, it was a bigger scene than the only bands that went national were the Cro-Mags and, and Shelter, but there were other, uh, there were other bands that that got into it, and like Krishna Core was a thing. Yeah, for Krishna, a while. and I knew kids in Hawaii, and I, you know, being in hardcore bands in Hawaii, like we went to the Krishna Temple. Uh, me as a fat kid, mainly because they had free food on free, Sundays. Yeah, free vegetarian meals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. And then you'd have to chant and dance around a little, but you know, whatever. It's also it was, a free meal. Yeah, it's yeah. a free meal, and it was you know I needed five a day. Uh, <laughs> But it's it's crazy because probably also, six because one of the vegetarian Christian meals with all your fucking do? pinto beans. All of us can't have that much sugar. <laughs> um, um, but one of, one of the low points in my life, I was working as a at a vet's hall as a custodian, and every week I had to mop up after the free meal that they would put out. On oh, Sunday. really? They they didn't have a temple. They had to no, go to no. They did it in the vet's hall. It was. You know, Santa Cruz. So it was. Yeah, it Santa was Cruz mostly... wouldn't have a Krishna temple. Yeah, that <laughs> no, makes perfect sense. Yeah. Very nice Krishna temples. They didn't want the homeless in there. Oh, oh I see. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, Interesting. There's a lot, of, a lot of old religion politics in Krishna and Santa Cruz. I remember, like, there was this guy. I remember there was this kid uh, playing around the Krishna temple. You know, Krishna temple in Hawaii. It's just a fucking big house. Sure. And um, there was a kid, all the shaved head, kind of like Purcell. All the shaved head with the little uh, buddy yeah. in the back, the, uh-huh. little, the little live rat tail, you know? <laughs> the um, Kowalczyk uh, yeah. pony, right? Yeah. And I remember being like, it's like, how is he fucking forcing that stuff on his kid already? And my friend's like, did your parents take you to church when you were a kid? I was like, yeah. He's like, it's the same thing. I was like, mind blown. <laughs> Religion wow. is bullshit. <laughs> it's just like, it all like, said, like an entire freshman year shot into your head, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, like everybody, like most people take like nine months of like a couple Soch classes, the cop religion, and you just had it like one yeah. quick exchange and boom. School without yeah. walls, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Ray Capo, uh, with, uh, the, he was supposed to come to town with better than a thousand. And actually, someone actually recently uh, tweeted at me, what's your favorite uh, Ray Capo band? And, um, <laughs> and I, I was like, I was like, fucking, you know me. Uh, Fucking better than a thousand, and he's like, he's like, that's the right answer, but it's not always the you know answer everyone gives. Yeah, better than a thousand was it wasn't you know like like Youth of Today yeah. was what got started. Yeah, break down the walls. The biggest that song ever did was it was featured in Girl Next Door, the movie oh, The Girl Next it? Door. Yeah. Oh wow, I'd have to see that again. Yeah, I think no, it's I when Timothy it Oliphant shows up and it's like break, you know, really song. Yeah, and then Shelter happened, and Shelter like that first album is great. Yeah, and then uh, they like immediately just go pop. Yeah, like there was that. Uh, what was that one song on Mantra? Did you ever hear nah, that? I'm not like, gonna be able to give you track names. Yeah, for, just like uh, and the, like the way you start singing, it's like, and this is like a lyric. It's like, um, like he only uses love for sex, and she only uses sex for love. Like that was like yeah. The, there was a lot of those guys. A lot of and and Siv went that way too. Siv went that way too. And and Seven Seconds did it uh, abruptly on the New Wind record. But there were a lot of guys who were like, "I've been in a hardcore band for six years. I want to go pop. That's fine. Can you sing? Answer that question. <laughs> answer that question, yeah. and then we will move forward." And uh, a lot of them neglected to answer that question and just charged into the abyss. And Kevin Seconds has kind of like a. 
it's a weak voice, but it's melodic and tuneful. But there's a lot of guys who could not pull it off and are like spend a whole album just under the note that they're supposed to. Yeah, be. yeah, exactly. It's hard to listen to. Ray Capo spent the night at my house in Hawaii. Really? Yeah, of we course, we yeah. stayed up. We stayed up late watching Simpsons episodes. He hasn't been able to watch them in a long time because he was on a Krishna farm. Sure. And then in the morning, I wake up and he's doing push-ups next to my pool. Push-ups <laughs> more than I'd ever seen anybody do. Fantastic. Uh, but <laughs> that was the uh, that was the weirdest thing pool? about about mm. New York hardcore, especially for me because like in my heart i I mean i lived in midtown manhattan but in my heart i was like a suburban pop punk kid yeah and that's what you ended up playing and and that's what i ended up playing but the scene at that time were these fucking terrifying jocks from the boroughs these huge guys who would like and i ended up backstage at a gorilla biscuit show one time i'm 16 years old these kids are towering over me and they're all shirtless and hugging and they're the homework The homoeroticism of that scene can't be understated either. There was That's a lot of the like, essence of like positive hardcore. It's just like fucking sweaty shirtless dudes yeah. going fucking let's do it, bro. Whatever is that game, if we both agree to it, you know. Like, yeah. and, and it was just it was so weird, and I, I was so out of place, man. And I kind of like peripherally, like I once met. Um, uh, not uh, Siv, but Walter from uh, Walter Sheffield uh, from, yeah, from from every band yeah, from everything yeah. since then, and uh, I think it was in Quicksand, right? Am I yeah, right? Yep. Quicksand. Who we saw, we got to yeah, see at the last Fyf Fest. Fest. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh cool. It's funny when so they're playing good. music that actually sounds timely. Yeah, like it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like you're watching. You're like, oh, they were kind of doing this yeah. a long time. It was ago. awesome. They had to jump on things, and I had listened did. to that record the Slip for like I don't know, maybe eight years, and. Just fucking automatic. Slip and Manic Compression are perfect albums. Yeah. Those are good records. Those yeah. Really, really good. Really good. Right uh, Schools, hit and miss. <laughs> yeah. Hit and miss. <laughs> I saw them with the hives and the International Noise Conspiracy. I'm going to say it was a lull in the show. Oh, was <laughs> the it? The energy really? yeah. of a, like, oh, you, know, you yeah, see yeah. the hives, you're like, oh Whoa. my God, there's blood, and this <laughs> band is about to be the biggest band. And they were for a moment. Yeah. yeah. And then it was just like, uh, you know, and it was rival schools. It's like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> and then it was like international noise conspiracy. Listen to those dance moves. <laughs> oh man, I actually listened to an NPR set from the Hives uh, the other day. Of all things, like KXP, yeah, uh, uh, does like live sets, and uh, it was a thirty-minute Hive set. Uh, it sounded from what they were saying that it was like the middle of the day at a record store or something, or oh, there was wow. an audience. It wasn't one of their in-studio things. There was definitely okay. a crowd there. But they were a powder keg. They sounded amazing. Yeah, they're uh, just so the fucking tight and so good. And, they're, and, and we, they love their job. Yeah, yeah. And we, we had them on. We actually interviewed them on The Nerdist. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, uh, the episode, I think, comes out next week. But it's just uh, it's just good. It's just like they're good and they're like, yeah. they love being in a band. And yeah, they, they just, really do. They like, they love playing rock and roll. They yeah. just love it. That um, band is, is why I became a socialist. <laughs> the hives or international noise conspiracy? The hives. Um, you have my full attention, Neil. Go ahead. <laughs> No, because they they became a band and recorded records with state sponsorship. Oh, they did. That's they, they true. Oh, that's right. And that's you know, they true. were like, uh, they were you know, like really into recess records. I remember talking to them about that. Oh, really? And I was like, it's like I heard you guys send demos to. Re-. He's like, we, all the punk labels we send, uh-huh. all the punk labels we send their records to. And it's uh, and Todd from Recess Records, who's uh, going to be a guest probably next week. Oh, cool. Uh, he's like, he still has the tape. No kidding. Yeah, he's he's like his whole his reaction was like, this is great, but. What do I know about putting out a band from fucking <laughs> Sweden? Yeah. Like he just didn't know because his recess was so tiny. Right. And he's just like, what am I going to do? 
he would have um, been able to like he would have been able to put out the record and wouldn't have gone anywhere. It would have been a waste of yeah, yeah. exactly. And like luckily they got on. To, I can't remember what the first record was, but then yeah, they got distributed by Burning Heart, Epitaph, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, we're gonna listen to um, another song. When we get back. We get some music news. We got uh, we're gonna talk more music with uh, John Ross Bowie over here and uh, listen to this song from this this guy is great. I saw him at South by Southwest. He was on a show with uh, Turf War, and uh, his name is Pujol. Pujol. I'm not sure what it is. P-U-J-O-L. Trina, you're Latino. It's Pujol. Pujol. It's like the, but uh, I was actually told it might be like more Azteki, and it might be Pujol or... Okay. Well, who's the baseball player uh, plays for the Angels? That's Pujols. That's Pujols. Pujols. Okay. Yeah. But that's plural. All right. Well, Pujol... Uh, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, there's no S at the end. It's yeah. just Pujol. <laughs> this guy is great, though. He's from, uh, I believe, Tennessee. He's uh, He's been given the... Uh, I like this guy from Jack White. Oh, all uh, right. From the White Stripes, uh, formerly of the White Stripes. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, and this is his song, Reverse Vampire, which I fucking, I love this song. So he it's comes good. in and blows blood into your neck? Yeah, he just he just sucks. No, wait. No, Reverse he Vampire, blows, yeah. he blows blood into your neck. Oh, wait, that kills you. Hi. vampire that's great yeah um that's the album that he put out this year called united states of being and the uh the cover of the album wait bing (laughs) 
uh, being United States of being. Did you just get did you just get a check for saying that? <laughs> did you get a check, Jonah, for saying that? It's fine if you did. Uh, Listen, I have chilled in my day. I'm but. glad you brought all the Sonic we could eat. <laughs> uh, oh, I beg your pardon. It was Jack in the Box. Yeah, Sonic it's hard to with Brian Husky. Yeah, fuck you twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and there's another. There's like a Chicago guy that's like in a ton of those Sonic. Uh, it's, uh, what's his face? It's yeah. uh, TJ. TJ, check it out. That's right. And then we'll also call Andrew Donnelly. We'll get them all on speakerphone. All the guys that are. Oh, but Donnelly's got like a roster, though. Yeah, Don, uh, where would we even start with Donnelly? Yeah. Donnelly has. Um, He'll just come in with credit cards for everybody. He, is, he has done so many commercials that my friend Julian Vigman has played his wife in two separate campaigns. <laughs> <laughs> He's been at this for so long, doing that, so many commercials. Yeah. That goes on special skills underneath. Is can play wife to Andrew Donnelly? Donnelly. Yeah, yeah, he does. Exactly. Yeah. Um, hey guys, I think it's time we get into some uh, music news. <laughs> I love it. It's a little, a little early. Scratch it. <laughs> Don't fade it. I love a scratch, a record scratch, Neil. He got it perfect. He what did. No, he started too soon. Then... He started too soon and then faded it out. That was pretty good. If you they, they compared <laughs> it a lot, two weeks ago. Yeah. Didn't know what the song was. I'm astounding. All right, let's uh, let's get into some music news. Hey guys. The American Music Awards were held last night, and the big winner, as always, was anyone unaware of his existence. <laughs> Among the award recipients were Linkin Park for Best Alternative Rock Artist, Wow, Shakira for Best Latin Artist, and 1996 for Best Year to Remain In. <laughs> um, Linkin Park, this is a band that... I don't like. I turn the channel when I when I uh, when they come on. I turn the channel on the radio. Sure. Um, but Take I down don't your rabbit ears. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't mind the guys for some reason. I think that they've uh, they've kind of you know they continue to kind of try and seemingly push themselves musically. Yeah. And well, they're they're um they're you're you're also of the yeah you have a shirt you're of the opinion that Radiohead are just completely overrated and you don't get it oh right? completely completely okay. Radiohead are the kind of the same thing with me I could not be less interested in what they're doing bless them for doing it someone just want a free shirt really <laughs> yes, really the way that wasn't the intention I'll no. tell you this I'll tell you this John they're not selling too well <laughs> <laughs> I bet they're not. I bet they're not. Which reminds but, me, if you want to pick up an overrated EO head shirt, go to bluecollardistro.com and have yourself a ball. Keep going. We should actually, <laughs> we, we should be like dearest. I see you like once every six months. That's we should true. probably be dearest friends. <laughs> I think so. I think it might just be the age gap or something. But listen. I um, know. You have a kid. It's the kid. It's, yeah. it's those kids. Um, well, but, not yeah. the kids. It's the one kid. Yeah. <laughs> Frankly. <laughs> Frankly, <laughs> listen, I don't want to get into details here. This His is not the is time frankly. or the place. His but, name is uh, frankly. But of the two, there's a clear front runner. Um, the, uh, <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> there, there's your fucking record scratch. Yeah. Yeah, Radiohead are, one of those, are the same sort of thing where I'm like, you know, you're obviously nobody else sounds like you. There's probably a reason. But, um, but you know, bless your heart. You're innovative. I couldn't be less interested in listening to you. Uh, and I, I feel... Do you want to hear my impression of Radiohead? Okay. Okay, here it is. Uh, it's just... Um... So that is Sorry, that's the my, yeah. computer noise and two fart noises <laughs> from your soundboard layered over your falsetto singing. 
Or, or, or yeah. it's a hit off of uh, Kid A. <laughs> it's the fucking single because I don't give a shit. <laughs> they're fucking. That's their. That's their closer. What do they care? They're, yeah. It's been, yeah. I. Uh, it's weird too because I dig. I like Sonic Youth. Yeah. You know. Here's the thing. I, I fucking. I like Karma Police. I think it's a great song. But bad bands can have good songs. That's what makes you know Stone Temple Pilots ha- still you know put out music. The um uh there's a song on the bends that's pretty. It's the ballad. Uh, it sounds nothing like anything else they've done though. So it's it's almost a, an anomaly. Um, high and dry. Oh yes, high and dry yeah. is pretty. I like um, that. Tony Thaxton, the drummer of Motion City Soundtrack. Yeah. A lot of our uh, conversations. I love those guys. Yeah, they're great. Uh, the last album, the best album they've ever done. Yeah, uh, I think so. I haven't picked it up yet. Okay. Um, like me and Tony talk a lot about how there could be like bad bands, but like they'll have a great song. And the one we connected on was the song uh, uh, Einstein on the Beach. Oh, by, yeah. Counting by, Crows. By yeah. Counting Crows. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Counting oh, Crows, not a good band, but that song is like a fucking Ew, great. It's, it's, like a, it's like a fucking Elvis Costello song. I'm going to go as far as to say that's how much wow. I like the song. Oh, Motion man. City Soundtrack, um, I bought I Am the Movie. The day I got married, my groomsmen and I went to downtown oh, wow. Boston, went to Newbury Comics, and we got uh, and we all bought a bunch of CDs. It was kind of like our last last bit of the bachelor party. Yeah, we all went record shopping <laughs> well, the, at Newbury the Comics. Nerdist, the nerdiest, like yeah, let's go to we a had comic a, book store to buy records. Yeah, we had a, yeah, well, Newbury Comics. We went there. I thought you were only legally allowed to buy piebald records from Newbury Comics. That's but, rough. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I bought uh, I bought I am the you movie. You can buy Boston's, and yeah. then I I listened to it on a bunch of times on my honeymoon in. Why? Oh, uh, from your home state, yeah. and so whenever I hear that record, I'm driving around with my new wife, uh, uh, listening to Motion City soundtrack in Hawaii. How that's, nice is that? Yeah, that's, I have a that's wonderful nice. association with that band. Yeah, and they're great guys. I, I hear they're the nicest guys in the world. I don't. You, know have you not personally. met them? I've not. Oh met them. well, you you and Tony would like really get along. He lives up in Burbank now. Burbank, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like bands that get so big that they don't have to. They, put they up don't with even each have other. to live. Yeah, they don't. don't even. <laughs> See you guys next recording. Yeah, I don't like you. I will fly in. Yeah, <laughs> God bless him. Oh man, uh, more news. Casting has begun on the Last Goodbye, a Broadway reimagining of Romeo and Juliet through the lyrics of Jeff Buckley. If you're interested in playing Romeo, you should know you must be a good singer, but you do not have to know how to swim. I saw that coming. <laughs> <and I'm> laughing. <laughs> saw that coming, and I am still laughing. Yeah, the are... Egghead shared a, re- a rehearsal space with Jeff Buckley. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, did wow. you meet him? I did a few times. Good guy. Yeah, I did meet a very nice guy. Yeah, he had a really nice band. He kind of first off, he was like five foot four. He yeah, was really short. Well, that's that's the, the boots. W- Yes. Hence the boots. Well, yeah. hence um, the fucking being on the shallow end of a river. Yeah. A, a bunch of problems. Are you there. saying he, the river was just four inches too tall? <laughs> saying he drowned in bathtubs worth of water. No, this is horrible. Um, yeah. But he was uh, he was a super super nice guy. He was kind of he had he just like had tortured coming off him, you yeah. know. And we were like this goofy ass punk band who were yeah. sharing the space and just like helping them make rent. But his the rest of his band really liked us <laughs> and you could kind of tell it like wow if we weren't playing hallelujah covers we could be doing that <laughs> that might be okay <laughs> all right well we gotta go tour <laughs> it's a living and uh but he was super nice and I, I was really really shocked and saddened and it was such an awful stupid way to go yeah going swimming with fucking leather boots on and then there was days before they found him i guess yeah no was he was missing awful, for a while awful it's bad situation. you know if there's like a lot of guys like that that just you know it's just a shame i mean in our generation even and it's weird because like you know like after 
after Kurt Cobain, yeah. you know, are like we haven't had a lot of like crazy deaths in in popular music, but in underground music, there's yeah. been a handful. I mean, uh, Jay Riotard, that was fucking yeah. I mean, and that was the thing that everyone kind of saw coming. It was just this kind of overweight guy that was doing a lot of blow. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, uh, what's his face um, from J Church? Oh, Lance. Um, yeah, that was that. We everyone saw that coming too. Yeah, that was, that was a blow. But yeah, he was sick for a very long time. Uh, he was he was Jerry Garcia without health insurance. That poor guy. He was yeah. Really, he was he was he had like an, he had like a lot of the same problems. He had like a uh, the fluid around the heart thing that yeah. Garcia had, and just awful shit going That's on. Crazy. That was crazy. Really and, and he you know he just he put out a lot of great records, a lot of good heartfelt stuff. And yeah. uh, oh boy, Neil, get it. Can we Comedy. can we just do a little like a sound fucking thing to get out of this uh, more? Soon? <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of fun <laughs> all right the killers announced they will play wembley stadium next summer wembley stadium tickets go on sale tomorrow and are expected to sell out by the time i finish trying to tie the noose around my head that i will hang myself with <laughs> i don't think that they're there yet but you don't think that they're at wembley stadium i don't want to it's a lot that. smaller than you think it is, is it? no i don't know I'm no it actually is wembley is smaller than it's you a think. tennis arena so it's not like it's it's a good point. It just looks big in the one time I saw it during and a Live Queen. Co- yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. During Live Aid uh, telecast, yeah. Um, and Bono. Bono Done. Met- See, that's the joke. <laughs> Bono met with Vice President Joe Biden at the White House uh, to discuss global development, AIDS, and fighting poverty. Meanwhile, Ted Nugent met with Paul Ryan to discuss how to get elk blood off a leather cowboy hat. Nice. So think, uh, everyone has their thing. Everyone's got their ear to the <laughs> Everyone's got their thing. <clears throat> Of course, the biggest music news of the week is that Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez, Gomez, thanks, Beer, uh, Gomez were both diagnosed with inoperable brain tumors or something. I can't remember. I really don't. We can cut this out because I just beefed the joke <laughs> up. The whole joke is that it like dis- it dissolves and I don't care. Oh, okay. But then I slurred. Keep this. I, this is this is the fourth hour of me talking today. This is <laughs> two podcasts, a therapy session, and now this. Wow. I think my mouth might be tired. <laughs> that was music news. Um, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to play a song from the band Egghead, which is uh, our our great guest band uh, that he is. How long have you been in this band now? Off and on. It's off like and, a weird relationship. You know, off and on 20 years. Um, I uh, It started my senior year of college, and um, we had... That was weird. Our first, it was the the drummer and I met on the college radio station, and then my friend Travis wanted to play guitar, and I played bass, and we were all self-taught. So we thought, okay, we're going to start a punk band, and we kicked around a few names, settled on Egghead. We were almost named Mule, and then another indie band came along named Mule, and they had a little run in the mid-90s. Did they change their name to Government Mule? Oh, did they? No. Are they two different bands? The different band? No, okay. No. So early, early uh, Egghead, Egghead 1.0 was fucking weird because I was writing, you know, songs about girls and cars and the stuff I grew up in, the stuff I wanted to listen to and the stuff I wanted to play. Travis was writing these like eight verse epics about like the plight of the Native American. Wow. And uh, about the You dangers. wouldn't have guessed that ever. No. And uh, he had really about the or just seriously, or like, I don't it was called. Kind of <laughs> no, no, the song. Guys, it'll be funny. Matt Meyer has the, be- the best idea for the name of a bar uh, that's a Native American theme. It's called uh, Trail of Beers. <laughs> that's <laughs> a Matt Meyer original. That's awful. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everything about that. Joke yeah, is but it's a really, it's a really long selection of beers list. <laughs> 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 it's a 
microbrew is the thing. So they can they do a lot of their yeah, own yeah, stuff, and it's all like artisan crafted. Ninety nine beers on tap. So it still tasteless, but there is really a trail of beers, guys. Um, so the song was called Human Beings. Travis couldn't really sing. I feel bad. Travis is never going to listen to this. Fuck it. Anyway, um, so and and Travis, he's like a physical trainer in AT in Atlanta right now. Um, but he uh, and so he wrote a song called uh, Human Beings. The chorus is of We all are human beings, and I had to play bass behind this. He had a song about the national debt that was actually just called the debt. Oh. He was a mess. He took himself really, <laughs> really seriously, and it was just – it was the worst, most awful – because the problem is when you've got – you've got to commit one way or the other because if you if you want to be like a really serious band, then go the Fugazi route and fucking do that and God bless. Yeah. If you want to be really goofy, then do that. But if you merge the two, you sound like – Someone who's making fun of the plight of the Native American. Yeah. If you go from there into my asshole song about, like, you know, our drummer's car doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Exactly. So then our next guitarist was this guy, uh, Mike Galvin, who insisted on being called Johnny Reno. And he showed up for the first day of practice with a song called um, She's Coming Back, But Just to Get Her Stuff. And I was like, okay. Now yeah, that's pop punk is working. That's pop yeah. punk, except for we, the fact to say that a g- girl ever lived with a guy. That's not pop punk. <laughs> no, yeah. no. Well, that was the other thing is that we were already like by the time we got out of by the time we got out of college and the band really started, we were already like twenty three. So we were middle aged for a starting pop punk band. Yes, you know a lot of those guys start in college or don't bother with college at all. So we. A lot of you, we were a couple of us were living with our girlfriends already. You know, we actually yeah. had decent little middle class apartments in New York, and and so we'd go and we'd go on tour. And we'd crash in these punk houses that were fucking insane, <laughs> and like you know, you'd, you'd use their phone because this is pre cell phone. You'd call home and be like, "Hi, honey." Yeah, I uh, I slept next to a couple unconscious teenagers tonight. It wasn't yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah, but everything's going great. But everything's going great. Yeah, but we're we made eighteen dollars last night. Sorry, I know you were trying to be a slick producer. Yeah, it didn't work. I was just saying, let's 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 hear some. Oh yeah, let's. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. That's yeah, totally I, fine. I, I, no, I'm going on, on too long, Cash. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's no, no, fine, no. Cash. Super I do want. I do want people to know it's fine. Cash. Listen, Cash is true because I got really, really yeah. stoned before this podcast. No, <laughs> no way, that wasn't me. Hang on. No, you, you had a really long really train ride before that. No, 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 wait, no, no, no again, no, not no, me, not, not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to listen to some Egghead from the album Would Like a Few Words With You. That's a great title, by Egghead, the way. Egghead, Would Like a Few Words With You? Thank yeah, you. Thank I like you. that. I love the, uh, the, the type of title that is like, you know, the Beatles, you know. Meet the Beatles. Meet the Beatles. It's the same, yeah. it's the same principle. Yeah. Uh, so this is... This is the song My Daughter Can Fuck Up Your Daughter by Egghead. Thanks a lot. Go to radio. Good night, bitch. Good night, you. You don't know what you're up against. Little hat, little shit. 
shoes, little fingers, little clothes. Doesn't look so little when she's breaking your nose. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Cause your girl's on the mat at the fucking gibberie. You don't know what you just started. My daughter can fuck up your daughter. My daughter can fuck up your daughter. You're gonna get cut at any toddler in her and she'll tell you what's up. Five little monkeys, they know what she can do. She's rolling up her sleeves just to wipe up for with you. You don't know who you're dealing with. My daughter can fuck up your daughter. My daughter can fuck up your daughter. What was was that? Your, was that your kid at the end of that? It's my daughter saying punk rock at the end of that song. Punk. We should. You should have had her say punk walk. <laughs> no, I don't want to encourage her speech impediment. I don't think that's a. No. That's as a father. That I, mean, I, I get no, no, why no. it's cute, but no, I wasn't trying to think about kids speak. I was trying to think about you know you could really push that chi- punk rock Chinese place. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I'm sorry. Wow. I found it while I was... I saw you find it, yeah. (laughs) I saw you, like, find it out from under the sofa in your head. (laughs) No, that was the place where... I watched that whole process. I'm sorry this isn't a visual medium, because I saw, like, your eyes racing to be like, oh, something about, like, a walk, because you can't food in it, and, oh, you'll get there, Jonah. You'll get there. Oh, God. If only I was better at what I did. Uh, I am going... I am going back. You... You are also a, a very accomplished improviser, and I say that because I'm actually going back to take a, uh, a an immersion course of some sort at UCB. Yeah, yeah, because oh, I, I went a while back when yeah. they first opened the theater here, mm-hmm. and I miss it. 
I miss it. Yeah. A lot. It's a you know? great skill for stand ups. It is. It's, it's great. great. And just great like I think for writing and just for acting and yeah. you know, I just I kind of I there was a, a thing that started happening as I just became more of a stand up than anything else. Um, you know, I just realized like all it really did was make me just like a a personality. That's how like a lot of people viewed it. Yeah. And that's like like, you know, anytime I was asked to come in audition, like they really want you to come in audition. To be a host. And I was right. like, no, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that idea, you know? And so uh, that, I think it's, I'm really excited. And I also like, I, I love watching you perform and I don't get to see you as much anymore. I saw, I think I saw you do an ass cat once or twice. Oh, really? I think so. It's been a long, while. Yeah, a long been time. A it, yeah. it was a long time ago. It wasn't the one where uh, where uh, Jello played did monologues, was it? No, I wish I knew about that. No, that was crazy. You should um, you should be there every time, like you know, like Rollins or Mackay did one recently. Mackay did when I was out of town. Yeah, um, did that uh, tear you apart? A little bit. Yeah, I was bummed about that. I was glad I got to do the Jello Biafra one. Yeah, the thing about improv, um, the 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 best stand ups have at least one foot in the improv world, just in the sense of like, I mean, I'm all for people who, who just do like really steady stream of solid one liners. And those guys who like, like are of the Mitch Hedberg school where yeah. it's just joke, 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 like joke. Like Nick and Yeah. Jessel yeah. Nick's a great example of that too. Um, but the guys I really love whose albums I go into are the guys who have sustained bits and expand upon ideas and improv's great for that. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. so, it's such a great tool for that. I'm stuff. surprised that Paul F. Tompkins never did like, was in the improv scene. I've, I've, I've talked to him about it. He, I think he took a class years ago, um, not through UCB, something like maybe he did like a Groundlings or something. But he's got it in his bones, though. I mean, yeah. he's the only person, one of the only people I know who will put like his fucking around on an album. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's amazing. And it's really strong. Yeah. Well, yeah he's Neil, great. Neil uh, directed his last special or the special before the last special. Yeah. The his one at the laughing school. <laughs> his first DVD. Neil was the director of that. Okay. Yes. Uh, and which one is that? Which uh, it's called. You should have told me. Oh right, 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 right. Shot in a sixty seat theater in Atlanta. Oh cool. Yeah. Super tiny, intimate, personal stories. Yeah, Neil's another one of those guys that, like, you know, we when we first met in the comedy scene, we were just like, oh, you also have a background in this stuff. And same with Cash, where it's like, it's like Cash was like was wearing a Fat Records like hoodie. Oh, nice. I think you were wearing a Fat Records hoodie when I first met you, yeah, yeah. and it was just, and it's my friend Jason, who you know he's an animator now. He's like this guy that just has you know like pilots over at Fox going on, and I saw him wearing an Anticon Records, uh, wow, like a sweater, you know, eight years ago, and I was like, oh, you like you know you like that Anticon hip hop, you like this burst of a scene that'll die really fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's my uh, Dos One impression. That's what I called calculator hip hop, where it's like all the MCs would just like point their fingers and like they were doing a really fast calculator. I don't love it as much as I love your Radiohead impression, but I do like it. I do like it very much. Yeah, well, that sound effect is a little overbearing. Uh, it very. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel I was, I was just actually saying during the during the break, um, we were we were talking, and um, what happened with me was I I had this crazy fear of public speaking, so I started doing college radio in in college, good place for it, and yeah. uh, I that helped immeasurably because I was able to be like to talk to thousands of people that I couldn't see, and so I kind of got over that hump. Yeah. And then from there, I was able to meet the guys in the band, do the band, 
And if I hadn't done the band, I never would have been able to take that extra step. And then I also, and then on top of all that, I also taught high school for a year. Really? Uh, that's what I went to college oh, for, wow. was wow. to be a high school teacher. <clears throat> so I had like, I did everything but acting, but all yeah. everything else was like some sort of performance-based thing or other. Wow. And then finally at like 27, I was like, the band had broken up and I was super, super depressed. And uh, a guy named Andy Secunda, who's a sort of yeah. improv, yeah, he's an improv uh, guy, Ithaca buddy of mine. He said, oh yeah, you should... Uh, you should actually you should try improv, and I said, "Fuck no, that sounds terrifying." <laughs> but then I got bored and depressed enough that I was like, "No, I'm going to try improv," and it was it was great. And I quit my day job and got headshots. And, and what what year deal. was it? Was this uh, UCB? That's, yeah, it's '98 in New York, and that's like uh, that was right at the like the bubbling. Like that they was didn't like have a theater good, yet. Yeah, they exactly. They, yeah. they were renting a space at a at a dingy little uh, uh, black box called Solo Arts, which was five flights up in a in a building in an office building on Seventeenth Street, and mm-hmm. the elevator was almost always out. But you'd go to this place, you'd warm up on the roof, and then you'd go downstairs and do this do your show. They did ASCAP there, and they did their Herald Nights there. Yeah, and um, and yeah, it was like that. That generation was um. Guys like Paul Shear and Rob Hubel, they were already established there. So it was guys like uh, – I came up with like Rob Corddry, Seth Morris, uh, Brian Husky. We were all in a group together. Um, oh, boy. Who else was uh, around there? A lot of guys who were, who were still – Sean Conroy? Uh, Conroy was already was already in yeah. there. He and, was, and talk about a guy that fucking uses improv to make his stand-up perfect. Oh, yeah. 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 He's a real technician, and, and he's a killer improviser, too. Yeah, he's just fucking, he's incredibly I, smart. He's a he, machine up there. He taught me. I think he might have just filled in for a class once. and Or no, he was my third-level teacher. And uh, it was like, I remember when I got to third level, I was like, oh, shit just got real. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, this, guy, this guy's serious about this. Yeah. I had I had Matt Walsh for level three. Oh, God. Ooh, that's beautiful. I had, I had Amy Poehler for level two. Fun and uh, met, fun, fun. Uh, met my wife in that class. Jamie Denbo. Met Jamie Denbo in that class, and uh, I used to see her perform every week. Every doing... week, um, there was a and it's crazy to think about this. And I might have brought it up before, but there was Matt had a show called Pricks, Punks, Perverts, and People. Oh yeah, sure. You, you used to come to that show. <laughs> I would go to that show. Every, this is right before I started doing comedy, so it was like, oh, really? the, like wow. the, the months leading up to me like gearing up. We had just moved to L.A. Yeah, yeah. We had. So yeah. you guys were already together then. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. That was like O two. I want to say. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes, it was. It was the early part of O two. I would go every week, and th- it's crazy to say what the show was, and also it mention that it was always. Empty, empty, empty. <laughs> empty. It was it was Matt Patton, Brian Posehn, yep, Jerry Minor, yep, Jamie, Danielle, Danielle, who is now Matt's and, wife, Andy Daly, Andy Daly would show up. Um, uh, David Keckner, Keckner came in, did a lot of stuff. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, and that's every week. Every week was that <laughs> to about eighteen people at IO. Oh, if that, <laughs> if that, dude. Yeah. I remember, like, I remember one time I was there and there was like three other girls there. And I was, you know, waiting, and then like uh, no one was coming, and I could hear them all talking and hanging out in the back behind the stage <laughs> at the IO. And then Matt comes out, and he's like, "Hey, I'm sorry. There's an old showbiz rule where if the audience uh, or if the cast outnumbers the audience, you don't do it. <laughs> you can get your money back if you want." And then like, and, and like, um, and then you know, Posehn came out, and he's like, "Sorry, man." 
Like, he like came every week, and he would always apologize if there wasn't new material. Oh, but yeah. yeah. So anyway, he always, like yeah. he would always apologize and then explain that he had spent the whole week working it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just up working it instead but, yeah. of writing new stuff. <laughs> your uh, your wife is a, a phenomenal performer. I, yeah. I've been a big fan for the entirety of me doing uh, comedy. Oh, cool! I'll pass that on. Yeah, I'll she doesn't know who I am, but like you know, <laughs> no, she does. She does via me. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I've met her many times. Uh, <laughs> how about this? Uh, how about this? Uh, uh, she came home with uh, – uh, she had the kids on a play date. Uh, we made our plans. You and I made our plans to to do this tonight. She comes home and says, I got to run out and do a podcast at 9.30. She's like, 9.30? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, I know. It's, it's Jonah Ray. She's like, oh, yeah, you like him. Go ahead. Oh, and, well, and, and so that I was – thank her for that. Because this is, I mean, I am out past my bedtime, just to make it perfectly clear. <laughs> no, here. no, I, no. Uh, And, and I'm, that isn't a guilt trip. I'm thrilled to be here. But it was, it's a, it was striking that I would be going anywhere at 9.30 I know, on and, a Monday. Well, it's because, well, it's because cash works. It used to be because I worked. <laughs> yeah. And then you yeah. stopped working. And then I, I, I left my job. Yeah. And then cash still, well, you know, after G4 goes away, I think we're all fucking buttons. Yeah, we're doing it yeah. on Tuesday. We're going to be doing like noons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Then that's when we start stacking them up. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, but they, oh, I really appreciate that you're here. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> if I, I'm just saying, if I doze off at any point in the next twenty minutes, it is not is no reflection on the company. It's a little bit of a reflection on cash, but it's for the most part, it's just I can understand that exhaustion, pure now, exhaustion. So, like the, like the punk rock. Do you feel and like I've said this, and I don't like to say this out loud because. You know, when you talk about, you know, when, when you talk about the stuff that we do and you want to you want to call it art, you feel like an asshole. Sure. Uh, to call comedy or punk rock art. But you know what? It's a quarter to 11. <laughs> <laughs> We're all in here. Yeah. Everybody smells like cash. <laughs> I don't say really stoned. I think now's a great time. All right. Well, I, I like to Let's say talk that, about uh, our craft, man. I like to say that uh, my favorite word. Hope, James. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> favorite curse word. Um, I like to say that uh, 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 punk rock saved my life and comedy changed it. Correct. Uh, punk rock for me as a kid, it it gave me an identity. Mm-hmm. It uh, yes. it w- it gave me a reactionary thing to do. Yes. Um, it was basically me and my brother, my brother right there. Hello. Uh, he'll have an episode soon. Like um, we were both into like metal and stuff like that. And then, like, uh, as he he kind of like started hanging out with kids. Metal's like, hey. big in Hawaii, isn't it? There is a there is like a like a, a hefty metal scene. Yeah. yeah, not just I mean, there's a scene, but there's also like it's a real like the kids are just into the metal. Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny because you see the same thing in Florida. A lot of yeah. like obituary, well, uh, like fucking, like yeah, yeah. is it in Cradle of Filth or from Florida? Cradle of Filth. Yeah, there's a lot of wait. Cradle of Filth isn't European. No, they no. sound Scandinavian, but they're from Florida. I had to write an article on them. I think I might have said they were. <laughs> God, if only there was some sort of network of computers where you could check such a this thing. This was almost uh, If they were ago. interconnected, I'd see how <laughs> that, that would work. Right. Yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, didn't, I haven't thought this through. An interconnected network, if only. Because <laughs> I went to see him live and I was like, these... What are these guys from Denmark? <laughs> they're, from, they're from Metal Slavia. <laughs> like, Everyone like... in Metal Slavia talks like this, even <laughs> if they are from Tampa. <laughs> it does not matter. We are cradle of filth. Like, I had not seen that much like weird paper. Machine. We are from Coconut Grove. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. 
Um, I uh, I agree um, with uh, yeah. Well, you know, if if it is not for punk rock, punk rock is the only thing that affords me outsider status because beyond that, I am just a middle class white heterosexual male. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> middle class old... to a point, you're from Midtown. Yes, I'm mean, from <laughs> Midtown Manhattan as it was being gentrified, and not uptown, I, not downtown. Yeah, you know, Midtown, mid-town. <laughs> right smack yeah. in the middle. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so it gives me, it gave me something to kind of put my back up against the wall about, you know, it gave me this sort of like outsider identity, like, oh, I'm not being understood or my, it gave me identity politics basically. No, that's what punk rock was made for, for white kids in the suburbs or that were just kind of in whatever. Or just had some anger that they couldn't channel. Yeah. It did that. Unwarranted anger. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, honestly, everything I learned from, from punk rock in terms of how to conduct yourself on stage, which I learned from guys like the Dead Milkmen who were incredibly yeah. Oh, guys, I got to see them at last year's yeah, FYFS. It was yeah. fucking beautiful. Egghead got to play a festival with them in Baltimore a few years ago. It was a blast. Yeah. Um, uh, and then even guys like the, the Ramones who wouldn't do anything but were just amazing. You couldn't take your eyes off them. Yeah, They yeah, were yeah. just such an amazing Well, because you never know one of them. One of them were going to drop dead. Of, uh... <laughs> you know what? I, this was I, this was before Dee Dee even left the band. Not to further date myself, but for the record. Um, but no, yeah, I got know, nothing better to but, do. But, uh, how about? But but you, do you find also? And I think you do. Anytime I'm really stuck as an actor, as a creative force. Yeah, we're going there tonight. Yeah, man. let's go. We're for going it. there tonight. Yeah. Um, I, I like you know what does what would punk rock John do? Punk rock would get off his ass and write something. Yeah. No matter what. No matter what, DIY it. And I really, not to get cheesy about it, but that has, and every time I I lose that DIY aesthetic, my career suffers. Yeah. Absolutely, without question. If I get off my ass and write something, then other stuff comes in, and I'm busy, and I'm occupied, I'm in a better mood. Yes. And that makes me go into auditions in a better place. Yes, exactly. I'm like, I'm, I'm creating my own shit here. I don't necessarily need this job. Oh, thanks for it. Boom. You know, that's often how that works. So yeah, punk rock just has really kind of laid the the groundwork for everything I've done since. Yeah, I I, I think that I agree with everything you're saying. It just it's it feels good to just have that those ethos you know yeah. in your head where you know it's like I'm just gonna like. When I, I put out a, a seven inch record, I know which yeah. I thought was amazing. I love that you put out a comedy seven inch. And, uh, and that was and, one of the first things I heard about you. And I was like, who yeah. the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and that turned out that we had a bunch of people in common. Yeah, beyond that, in in both worlds, exactly. But, um, I I thought that was um, and frankly, Frank. And I remember talking to your your neighbor Seth Morris, who lives right around the corner. Oh, he does. Yeah, he lives right nearby. I had no idea. I haven't seen. Him. Um, he, he, um, uh, we, we were talking about you and the fact that you were, you did a comedy seven inch and part of me like, that's so punk rock. Who the fuck is going to buy that? <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck it. It's great. I mean, God bless him. That's, that's that, fantastic. My, my whole idea behind it was not who was going to buy it. It was to do it. Yeah. And, um, and I was in a ton of bands in like you know, stickers weren't really my band. They just they were my friends. Just oh, okay. as as you were on that Kung Fu Monkeys, right, yeah, right. like yeah, I played. They're my friends, and I would play with them sometimes. I but sat I, in occasionally. Yeah, exactly. Monkeys, yeah. You guys have not explained the backstory about these two bands and why they relate to one another. Uh, they put out a split seven inch in the year nineteen ninety eight. These two bands are the Sticklers from Hawaii and the Kung Fu Monkeys from New York. Yeah, from New York, and the cover and art appearing was done- on those two bands. You were in. Well, I, I wasn't even I on that. I was, like with. technically, I wasn't even on that record. I was just part of the band. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think I play keyboards on that seven. I think I yeah. do. 
but because when it was a it was a split with a, a New York band and a uh, and a, a band from Hawaii, Hawaii band, and uh, the New York band did a song about Hawaii, and oh, funny. I feel like the Sticklers did something. No, that was the idea of the original. That was the way they pitched it. Oh, and that didn't come. They come just together. like put their two best songs on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was the best part. Kung that, Fu Monkeys and, wrote a song called "Hats Off to Hawaii." Hats Off to Hawaii, great song. <laughs> great song. And then like yeah, and then uh, the Sticklers just like they're like, well, these are our two best songs. This is our fucking chance. That's definitely. I'm not sure if I'm on it. That's 100 percent Mike Falloon from Egghead. After yeah. Egghead is broken up, he's playing drums in Kung Fu Monkeys. Oh, okay. Monkey, so that's 100 percent him on that record. And it's uh, you know, it's. And the cover art was done by Kevin Kalahiki, which was a guy from uh, Hawaii side. Des Moines. He's a, yeah, oh, Hawaii Des Moines. side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kevin Kalahiki, who now lives, uh, he now lives in San Francisco. He worked at Hungry Ear Records, which was my favorite record store because it was the record store in my town. They just sent me a T-shirt. I fucking can't thank them enough because that place meant a lot to me. Yeah, that was a place that, like you know, it was the metal, the Japanese metalhead behind the counter going, "You don't want that," you know. <laughs> it was my experience. Nice, awesome. Uh, and he did the cover art for it, and oh, he was cool. a guy because I I started putting on punk shows at our house, and oh, cool. I and like I had him do the flyers for it. And then, then, like other people in the scene, started using them for stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, well, and you, it's. But I feel like, like I do the same thing now with my friend Dave Clock with all these uh, meltdown posters, which are gorgeous, by the way. Thanks. Yeah, um, he does a fucking great job. So you did. Um, you would do house parties like get a keg and like. I wouldn't get a keg because I was still I was uh, fifteen, oh, right, fourteen yeah. when I started doing these, and I told and I was straight edge. So I told oh, okay. my parents, so was I'm I. like, I was straight edge in high school. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were in New York at the time of straight edge yeah. being relevant. Yeah. Uh, I was. <laughs> I was a kid looking for something. Um, but like, yeah, I told my parents, I was like, hey, it's like there's gonna, it's not a party, it's a show. I'd always be very like, my kids in my kids in my school would be like, hey, you're having a party. It's like, nope, it's a show. Don't call it a party. It's a show. And yeah. there was no booze, and so kids would drink at the park across the street and then come over. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like um, you know, I was I was deep in it. But like that's that those ideas of the way I, I you know I I have a weekly show now with yeah. my friend Kumail Nanjiani. It's like. The way we promote it, the way I like to run it, the way I've tried to do everything has been with those ethos or that idea of DIY and Just punk do rock. It yourself, yeah, yeah. And um, it was, yeah, like you said, it was a no one bought the seven inch when it came out, but years later, was it six years later? I put out a ten inch. Awesome. <laughs> I put out a ten inch, awesome. and um, and that one sold a bunch. That sold out. No shit. That sold out. And when there was that was selling, it made all the ones the seven inch started yeah. to sell. And like that, that to me was like a beautiful moment for me. Oh, that's very valid. Because yeah, I was that's like, awesome. Because you know, it's like when you get, you get a band, and you're like, oh, I fucking, I, you, you just get into the band. Yeah. You get their record, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, they have some other stuff, and then you get that too. Yeah. yeah. And it's not as good, or maybe you <laughs> like it better because it's more raw. Yeah. yeah. But you get it. But you suddenly become a completist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And that's the other great thing about punk rock people in general is that they're they're geeks at their core and they're all yeah. completists. Yes. Collectors. And they're all like they're collectors. They really are. And yes. um, we were talking about Ted Leo earlier. I have I have a fucking Animal Crackers seven inch from his first band when he was like nineteen or something. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and it's it's just for Ted Leo completists, but <laughs> I have it. It's really fun. Um. And uh. Yeah. There's a real there's a real obsessive quality about it. And, and Egghead, through the courtesy of iTunes and the internet in general, we've gotten uh, – I got interviewed by a German fanzine. Wow. <laughs> um, I, I've, uh, we have followers. Uh, we have friends in Japan. There, it's it's because it's wherever there are disaffected kids, there's going to be punk rock. Yes. And, and those kids – 
found something in Egghead. So yeah, we did a we did a pop punk festival called the Insubordination Fest in Baltimore. Yes, I yeah, know it's, that, yeah. it's a it's a big like two night thing that they they do down there once a year. And last time we played, the Milkmen were on the bill. Boris the Sprinkler, oh, were on the bill. fucking uh, Rev Norb, Rev Norb. Uh, you know how you know how that's Rev-Norb, a live act, man. That's, that's a, a that, fucking exactly. live act. They're Rev great. Norb, this guy, the singer Boris the Sprinkler. This is how he shake hands. Uh, he goes up to the person, grabs their hand. Instead of shaking it, he pogo's. <laughs> he is he is pop punk. He, he holds onto your hand, just jumps up and down. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Um, and he. So yeah, and that and when we when we made it to that uh, festival, we the kids flew in from literally all over the world for it, and and these Germans were like, "Hi, we are here to see you." And I'm like, oh, "Do you think I'm in the Dead Milkman? <laughs> I'm not in the Dead. No, we are here. Oh, my friend, Vincent Camaro, Vincent like, no, Camaro, my friend, no. And they're like, "No, we are here for to for to see Egghead." And I was like, yeah. "All right, fine." Uh, so yeah, it's 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 fucking crazy. It's a really. Uh, it's a really fun, fun world, and I'm I'm really uh, oh, it's a young man's game, <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm glad I had it when I when I did. <laughs> oh man, oh shit. Well, I don't want to keep it too long. I want to let you go. <laughs> I, I know you're getting old, man. Yeah, old man Bowie. Go put on your nightcap. I'm sorry, that's my trick here. One more time. <laughs> <laughs> go put on your nightcap. Can't can't quite make that out now. Uh, uh, but thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Thank you so much. And I really next time I do this podcast, I, I will ask for a hemorrhoid pillow. Oh, is this no good? No, I'm fine. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just, I'm just, I'm yes anding. Oh, you're yes anding the old <laughs> bit. Sorry, I, I, I'd moved on from That's okay. it. Um, well, you should. <laughs> um, uh, really quick, I want to give a shout out to uh, Andrew Jackson Jihad, uh, which is a, it's a, they're a really good band, uh, and they, I guess, recently had a show at the Eagle Rocks Center for the Arts. Um, oh, did they really? Yeah, they played recently. Been to two weddings there. Yeah, I I fucking officiated a wedding there. Did you really? Yes. Do you have a that Universal Life Church? Uh, I do. Awesome. <laughs> the more you know. Um, Thank God you uh, won't get drafted. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, they played a show there, and they uh, they referenced the Nerdist podcast, and that uh, that's really cool when that happens. Oh, cool. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're a really good band. We'll play them sometime soon when I once I get the okay. Uh, that's a kill. That's a <laughs> vicious name for a band. Yeah. Andrew Jackson Jihad. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> that is an ass kicker. I mean, that's like if you if you know your history, that is as striking a name as Dead Kennedys. I yeah, think. <laughs> it really is. It's that yeah. like it's like no, really. In terms At of like time, how, yeah. how you view American history, it's the same. It has the same sort of like whoa, that's intense. That's yeah, <laughs> jeepers. I guess now that you put it that way. Um, but yeah, so thanks to them. Uh, we'll play them soon. Um, I want to, I, I want to say thanks to our sponsor, blue collar distro, uh, com. You can, uh, if you want to support the show, you can buy shirts from there. Uh, we're going to have some Jonah radio shirts soon. And, uh, I want to thank, uh, our guest, John Ross Bowie. Oh. Uh, thank you. Oh, Pogo, Pogo, Pogo. Um, uh, the um the, the Egghead album is available on iTunes. Is available where all albums are available. iTunes, yeah, so, Amazon, and actually, you know what? If you were to buy it directly from uh from from the label, that would probably be is pretty it on awesome. Mutant Pop? No, it is on um it is on Knock Knock Records. Mutant Pop is was dissolved after by the time this came out. Oh. but uh, Knock Knock Records put it out, and uh, Mark Enoch, the guy who runs the label, has an Egghead tattoo on his calf, and has. Hundreds of these CDs in his garage. Well, so please, <laughs> mail order that stuff. Mail order this shit. Uh, but failing that, yes, uh, yeah. ITunes Support your local small businessman. Yeah, exactly. Indeed. And also, like, be sure to catch John on uh, Big Bang Theory. He'll be playing opposite of Will Wheaton. 
Occasionally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and um, also the bands, the bands played on this stuff, please, you know, be sure if you like them, go and buy their stuff. Even if it's just a track off their band camp or off of iTunes, or if they're in your town, tweet about it and go see them or buy a shirt, do something to support the bands. If you like them uh, being in a band is it's hard to make money now, but really uh, when it comes to DIY stuff, the the little things like buying a song or two will make the world to them. Yeah, steal Metallica's music. Steal all you can. <laughs> from Metallica. Oh, but uh, future these guests, guys. future guests on this show, uh, the guy who made the uh, year and the half in the life of Metallica documentary. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, wow. he's, it's going to be great. I talked uh, to I, I drunkenly talked to him at who uh, made some kind lines. of monster. Uh, no, no, not in some kind of monster. No, a different one. He was there filming the making of the Black album. Uh-huh. And then, oh. and then once it became a hit, he's just like, "Well, I'm just gonna keep on filming." Oh, and wow. he also was—he's uh, uh, the guy that made the video for um, the Beastie Boys. Um, no, not sabotage. That's, that's uh, Spike, Jones. That's Spike Jones. Jones. The first uh, Beastie Boys single. Fight for the right to party. Fight for the right to party. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. wow. Which had uh, which had two, maybe three people from my high school in it. Oh, really? Yeah. And then oh, wow. uh, the guy yeah, from uh, Def American Records. Rick Rubin? Rick, Rick Rubin, yeah. his college roommate. Oh, wow. Yeah, this so guy. They, they started Def Jam in that dorm room. Yep, at NYU. Yeah. yeah, and he was just a guy that was like trying to be a filmmaker. <laughs> he was good. Awesome. You guys yeah. are trying to sleep. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> still, still steal Metallica's records. Um, <laughs> go to bluecollardistro.com uh, for uh, for buying stuff. Buy the albums that you have. Uh, apologies for the, uh, the first uh, episode. Very sorry. Uh, very sorry for that. Cash, Hartzell, at Cash Hearts on Twitter, at at Neil Mahoney. Uh, that's not the that's not the ending song. You know the ending song. Oh no, I was doing that because you mentioned Cash. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's just a sting. <laughs> yeah. We got to make that into a sting. <laughs> do the song, the ending song, uh, so we can wrap this up. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. No, do the one I want. I know. I'm doing. I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, you like it, baby? All right. Turn it up. Nice. We've had a lot of fun. At Cash Hearts on Twitter, at Neil Mahoney on Twitter, at John Ross Bowie, J O H N R O O R O S S B O W I E. I'm at Jonah Ray. Follow us on at Jonah Radio on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. All that shit. We're gonna take you out now with this uh, this band. Uh, called Moonraker. Uh, they sent me the stuff. I wasn't going to play them now, but because it's just they kind of have that pop punk spirit. Uh, this is their uh, on their Bandcamp, Moonraker.bandcamp.com. This is their description. It's just like the story of the grasshopper and the octopus. All year long, the grasshopper kept burying acorns for winter, while the octopus mooched off his girlfriend and watched TV. Then the winter came, and the grasshopper died, and the octopus ate all his acorns, and also he got a race car. <laughs> Is any of this getting through to you? Moonraker is punk band. From, <laughs> Moonraker is punk band from Santa Clarita, Oxnard, California. Nardcore. Oxnard, Nardcore. <laughs> the people want more. This is uh, from the album uh, "Pathetic Little Arsenal" with the album, uh, the song "Weatherproof." Thank you so much. Weatherproof my heart, cause here it's always raining. Slept in weeks, what took you more than passing? The best is overcome, and the last won't be a blessing. I wish I could inspire a song to explore from your throat.
Now leaving Nerdist.com.